Welcome home. You're listening to the Life Center Rainier Weekend Message. Church, this is, this is awesome. It's an awesome morning. I'm excited about bringing the word. Uh, we are going to dig into this word in just a second. But uh, before we get started, some of you who are watching online, I don't know if you've had the experience of uh, hearing me before, but um, the fact that I'm actually sitting down is pretty amazing, right? And so I'm going to do my very best to use this as home base. And sometimes I get a little excited. I might jump up a couple times, but I'm pretty sure the cameras can stay with me uh, when that does happen. Uh, but I got to tell you, I'm excited about this word this morning. It's meant and it's designed to encourage you, to equip you. Uh, my natural style is one of coaching probably more than anything else. And so I really believe we are at a time where the awesomeness of God is allowed to be revealed now. These are the type of circumstances, these are the type of situations that allows us to, uh, for God, who God is in us, to be fully revealed. So I'm going to ask you to make this very personal this morning. That's one of the reasons I'm sitting down, especially at the beginning, just to Understand, I am not speaking to, you know, like, we're just going to be very general and, and vague. I am specifically speaking to you. While worship was happening, the Holy Spirit just really spoke to my heart. And as I was sitting there, he was like, this morning's message is meant to be prophetic. It is meant to be a time of preparation. I think we have a mindset, too many of us as believers, are thinking about surviving this change. And it's in the wrong place. God, is, is that God, God wants us to think about thriving through this. It's even Job said that after I shall come forth, I shall come forth as pure gold. So how do we ensure that, Lord, we come out on the other end of this even better than we started it? So I want you to think that way. I'm going to also ask you to take notes. You're in your PJs, you're in your home, uh, back in the day, we used to call it ba uh, Bedside Baptist Church. Right? <laughs> so you get to remain in church on your bedside. Uh, but I'm going to ask that you really take notes, okay? So basically, the title of this is, The Holy Spirit is Spirit. We're in that series on the Holy Spirit. And this is where we're at right now, we're in, that the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Jesse spoke about it, I know Tyler spoke about it at the Central Campus, that the Holy Spirit, he, he is, it's not an it, it's a he. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, when Jesus went back to heaven, he said, I will send a comforter, I will send him, he will come down to be along with us. So he is with us right now. But not only is he with us, he's actually for us, which is just amazing that the Holy Spirit is for us. God Almighty is for us, and that's real. But what's even more amazing is he's in us. And so this message is about the Holy Spirit recognizing that he's spirit. And so to really jump into it, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles up to John chapter 4. And I'm going to be reading verse number 24, but to give context about this, this is the context where Jesus met the Samaritan woman, 
And, uh, and as they're beginning to speak, I believe they're at a well when this was happening. And Jesus was speaking to her and he was talking about, she was describing how, you know, up in the mountains or how the Samaritans were to worship. And Jesus was like, yes, and, and how the Jews worshiped. And, uh, but ultimately, it was this scripture that I think uh, reminds all of us believers how we are to worship, and more importantly, how God expects us to worship. So look at this verse right here. It says, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now let me make something perfectly clear. God is spirit, God is not walking around with flesh. He's not functioning like we function. We look at natural things, look at materially made things. We look at what's going on. I will tell you right now, many of us, instead of worshiping God truly in spirit and in truth, sometimes we worship God in what we can see and how we feel. Like I, I asked a, a, even a believer, say, man, I'm, I got a lot of peace right now. Why do you have peace? Because, man, my family's doing good. My home is doing good. Man, my job is all right. But I said, no, then you're actually worshiping. You know, not, you're not even walking by faith. You're actually walking by sight. You're telling me that outside circumstances have a bigger influence on the peace you walk around with than what you can't see. So, when you, it, so what it means by worshiping in spirit, realize the spirit is invisible. It's like going outside and we was like, man, the wind's blowing. How do you know? Because I looked at the trees moving, but you didn't see the wind, right? What's invisible is far more powerful than what's visible. Actually, what's visible comes from what's invisible. And so what we got to know is that the Lord calls us, commands us, I need you to worship me in spirit and in truth. Now, let me break down this from a spiritual standpoint. What does it mean to worship the Lord in spirit? In spirit, on the inner man, that inner part of you, the deepest part, the realest part, the part of you that will live for eternity, that eternal part. When you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, his spirit came in you. And so when that action took place, the Lord's like, I want you to Worship me. I want to connect with you in our spirits connecting. It's just not a mindset. It's just not a head, head space. I'm just not trying to feel myself into it. No, this is deeper than just emotions. This is deeper than just feelings or what you can see. A spiritual relationship with the Lord. Okay? It's an intimate, it's a pursuit to have an intimate spiritual relationship with the heart of God. It's where our hearts connect. And when the scripture says also to do it in truth, the truth of worshiping God this way is this right here, the biblical accuracy of that truth. So I am just not all feeling, oh, I just want the spirit of God. No, no, this is God's word. So God says, I want you to worship me in spirit, intimate relationship, spiritual relationship, and truth, biblical accuracy, the truth, which is this word right here. Now, as I break this down, I want you to hear this because it's important right from the beginning. Jesus even said, it's the truth that shall set you free. So if the God, if God himself tells us that truth will set us free, if we're called to meditate on this word day and night, 
If we've been told that this word of God is the inspiration, it's the word of God, it's him. In the be- I believe it's at the beginning of John, John, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was with God. And literally, the word is right here. This is God's spoken word to us. I have so many people often say, man, I want to hear from God. He's screaming right here. There's also scriptures that said the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who's come, the great comforter, what he does is he brings back to our remembrance what's in us. And the Holy Spirit wants to literally go, I want you to know what's inside of you. But too often, we don't get serious about what's inside of us because we spend so much time observing and reporting what's happening around us. I make it very clear. I'm gonna make it, I hope this point is heard by all who are hearing this. Okay. If you had to assess or evaluate how much more news you've been watching in comparison to how much time you've been spending in the promises of God, this doesn't change. Everything around you is constantly changing. And so the Lord's like, I want you to function from what doesn't change instead of allowing your moods and emotions to be dictated by what does. As believers right now, we are the very people the rest of the world should be looking at, studying, paying attention to. I believe it says in Philippians, we all know the scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, don't be anxious for anything. Another translation says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Don't worry. Don't be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known of God. Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I'm talking about the kind of peace that makes absolutely no sense will come upon you. Now, why is that significant? Because we're walking at the best time. Right now, the best time for people to understand how awesome Jesus is because there's a bunch of believers who aren't freaking out when everybody else is. And when they ask you why you're not freaking out, it's because I've already prayed. God himself told me, don't worry about anything. Jesus says, don't worry about a thing. He says, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, listen to the difference of that prayer. I'm not just going to go, God, I'm so scared. What's going to happen? I promise you right now, I wish emotion and freaking out was the currency of the kingdom, but it's not. At not one time is God moved more because you're freaking out. God is moved by your faith. That's what the word says. God's desire. He says it is impossible to please God without faith. He wants to be moved by you believing him. So when we do pray, I don't only just say, Lord, I pray, Lord God, to help everybody who's making decisions. But I'm also, and I'm thanking you because you've already done it. I'm thanking you for what you're already going to take place. I'm thanking you for what you've done. I'm thanking you what you're going to do. I'm going, this is intentional. Now, again, this message we're talking right now is to equip you and to remind you that you already win. You've, he's already taken care of it a long time ago. So in the circumstances we're in right now, you got to understand, not only you need to be clear about 
our authority and the place we're at because of this word. But you got to also be aware and not foolish of how the enemy wants to attack us. The enemy already knows he's beat. He's already know he's been whooped. He's already know it's already done. But what he gets to rely on is the fact that a lot of us don't know that. A lot of us believers function as if that didn't happen already. A lot of us function as if we don't know the end of the story. And to live, so instead of walking by faith, we worship and praise and shout and sing all the scriptures. But when the rubber meets the road, we're functioning very consistent with the rest of the world who doesn't know Jesus. And I will tell you right now, God himself, his greatest desire, his greatest joy, because if it displeases him, we got to know his greatest joy is to actually be believed. So we should walk with something different about us. Never forgot, I've got a good buddy who's in the military and love him. And Bruce and I would talk quite often. I remember one time, you know, we were laughing. We were like, man, confidence is contagious. Fear is contagious. Confidence is contagious. And the word confidence means with and uh, video or, or, or fitness, the second half of that is, and it, it stands for by faith. So we are to, con means with, and we are to function with faith. So confidence means I have faith. I'm functioning by faith. Let's say you're in the military, and you walk in your leader's tent, general's tent, and you walk in and he crying. Aren't you a little nervous now? I mean, if you walk in the general's tent and he's crying, everybody's in trouble, right? So I got to tell you right now, if I wasn't a believer, and I'm paying attention to believers, and they're buying everything off the shelf and not giving in and not thinking about anybody else who needs some stuff, if they're completely, uh, you know, creating a bunker of their own house, if they're spending all their time thinking about themselves, if they're doing all that, first of all, don't tell me that's of God. And don't tell me that because the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Think about it. Power, we got this. Love is not selfish. Love is selfless. Love cast away fear. So who else are you looking out for right now? Actually, the church is in the perfect situation to make a difference. No, I can't touch you. I may not even be able to, from, from a distance standpoint, we can't gather, but who can we help? How can we make a difference? Who has the Holy Spirit placed on your heart to give a call, to give a thought to? Or have you been so consumed by fear, you haven't thought about anybody outside your family or yourself yet? See, this is, these are the kind of conversations, believers, we got to have right now. Because right now, this is where we were built for. I like to say this is the fourth quarter. This is crunch time, right? Uh, I, I shared before that there's a basketball player, famous basketball player named Mike, uh, excuse me, of course, Michael Jordan. But there's another one who was also special. He was a bad boy. His name was Larry Bird, played for the Boston Celtics. And Larry Legend used to say it this way. He was like, hey, you know. I'm not really impressed by guys who can score in the first three quarters. Everybody can score in the first three quarters because there ain't no pressure. But do they want the ball in the fourth quarter? 
Do they want the ball when the game's on the line? Do they want it in those moments? We all know everybody's making shots when there ain't no pressure and we're up by 20 or down by 30. But when the game's close, how do they function? Church, the game's close right now, externally. Not on the inside, because we already know who wins. But the world isn't sure. But we know this is why the ball is in our hands. It's our confidence and our belief, knowing that the Holy Spirit is with us. See, when, when I say we walk by, we worship him in spirit and we worship him in truth, the truth is, according to the word, we already won. According to his promises, that's what we to live by. So how you function right now is completely dependent on knowing that we walk by faith. We walk in the spirit. We don't walk in the flesh. Does that make some sense? Okay, now let's go to the next scripture. I want you to move forward because the other thing that's important to understand is not only is God's spirit, but we got to realize that we are spirit as well. We're spirit too. We're a spirit surrounded by this flesh. I was recently talking to a group. I was like, man, how many people enjoy dealing with change? I had a guy in a group and looked at me and says, well, man, I, you know, I don't like change, so I don't deal with it. I ain't changing. I just looked at him. I said, have you looked in the mirror lately? Okay, <laughs> whether you like it or not, you're changing. Let me make it even more practical. Whether you like it or not, you're dying. And what I mean by that, the spirit in you is going to live forever. But what surrounds it, I never forget, I had a, just a, before I get to this word, I never forget Mother Turner. Her name was Mother Sarah Turner. It still is Mother Sarah, excuse me. And she's like had such an influence on my life. And she used to blow me away when she would say this often. She goes, Eric? I said, yes, Mother. She says, let me tell you. A key to your successful walk with the Lord. I said, what's that, mother? Is when you realize you don't owe your flesh anything. She said, is when you realize that you don't owe your flesh a thing. Don't feed your flesh, feed your spirit. You owe your flesh nothing. And when we start believing our flesh deserves something, needs something, requires something, and we start feeding that, it leads to every other problem that we got going on in our lives. And then we got to get back to realize it's the spiritual part that we needed in the first place. So feed your spirit, not your flesh. So let's dig into this. Uh, uh, um, going into, uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 8, verse 16. And it says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Let me say it again. It says his spirit joins with our spirit. It doesn't say his logic joins with our logic. It doesn't say his head joins with our head. It doesn't say his feelings join with our feelings. It literally says our spirits join. And it affirms to us that we are God's children. Jesse gave a great example of it earlier, uh, uh, earlier day when he was talking about how his kids will run to him and be covered under his shadow, something affirms to his kids that you belong to me. I, I remember when my, my, my daughters were young and they'd be afraid in their room and they'd be scared of the dark or they're scared of a monster or they're scared of the thing, whatever the case may be. And I would come into their room, climb up in their bed, and somehow or another my babies would fall straight to sleep. 
Now, all of a sudden, when I walked in, did the light come on? Nope. Did the monster they believe is under the bed go away? Nope. Only thing they changed, they knew they were in daddy's arms. They knew they were safe under my covering. This is why the scripture tells us right now, Psalm 46, he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. These are the perfect time to realize how covered we are. Now, keep this in mind, a little teaching point, a little teaching point, teaching moment here, to give context to this. Anytime we have challenges, and many of us are used to this, we have challenges in different areas of life, right? You may have a challenge in the job situation, you may have a challenge in your finances, maybe in your relationship, maybe in this, maybe in that. And so in our lives, often we will have uncertainty, right? We have some uncertainty that's going on. Typically, though, we have this uncertainty going on, but surrounded by a world that feels somewhat certain. Whether we like it or not, there's, you know, you know, economy's doing this, this is happening. You know, if I need to escape, I just turn on a sporting event or turn on ESPN. I mean, there's certain things that just exist in our world that allow us to get a little bit back to normal, a little comfort in the midst of the chaos we got going on. This is what makes this situation we're in right now a little unique. Because we got uncertainty maybe right here, surrounded by greater uncertainty, which really causes people to freak out. I will also say, not only as believers, but just in general, be careful what you turn to. Be careful what you go towards to find a sense of comfort or to self-medicate. Make sure it's this word. The Holy Spirit sitting there right going, like, please, direct yourself to me. Now, I'm not going to force you. Because the one beautiful thing that God that we serve has done is he allows every one of us to decide, to choose which direction we're going to go. Are we going to lean towards him? Or are we going to go in a different direction? So right here, when you see this right here in Romans chapter 8, I love Romans chapter 8, and I encourage everybody to read Romans chapter 8 because I have a tendency to spend a lot of time feeling like Romans chapter 7. Okay. Romans chapter 7 is a chapter when Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I do. I don't know why I keep the, basically the sin that bothers me, and this is what's getting me, and golly, I'm so sick of it. But thank God for Romans 8. Because Romans 8, verse number 1 says, Therefore there is no condemnation to those who walk after the Spirit but not after the flesh. See, when Jesus took care of what he took care of, I don't have to walk around on eggs, uh, eggshells wondering, oh my God, can I have an intimacy with the Lord because, you know, I got this mess in my life and until I get rid of that mess, I can't get right. Here's what I want you to understand. The more intimate you become with God, you're going to be amazed what stuff falls off you. We just put it in the wrong order. And so when we walk by the Spirit, there's a freedom that comes along with it. No condemnation, no guilt, not trying to live up to a certain standard. It's who God is in those situations with us. Make some sense? All right, so last point. Let's stay on this one for a little bit. So I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because the point is this. The Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit. He speaks to us. So if we're spirit, just like he's spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And so I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading verses 9 through 14. Okay? Verses 9 through 14. It says, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God 
has prepared for those who love him. Don't just blow by that scripture. He is talking about you. He's telling you, your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, your mind can't even imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. And you love him. This is what he has for you. But look at verse number 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thought except God's own spirit. Verse 12, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. The Holy Spirit is a key to God revealing to us what he has for us. It's the key to us understanding just who we are in him. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I, 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 I used to wonder, you know, Lord, you talk about these deep secrets, you talk about these deep, deep things, and I get in your word and I read it, and, 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 but I, I realized for a lot of times for me, and I can't speak for others, but I know a lot of times for me, I would go to God very similarly in the way that I had a relationship with my own father, which is just for a little instruction, not for too much intimacy. I didn't really go to him to deeply connect. I just kind of went to him to, why don't you just kind of tell me what to do or kind of look and wonder if he approved and then I get out of his way. Unfortunately, I functioned a lot like that with God early on. I didn't realize that the deep secrets that God has for me were going to be a result of our intimate time together. I didn't realize that, because I was like, Lord, I, I, I want to trust you. I want to believe in you. And I realized when I would go through difficulty, I struggled with trusting God. And the reason I struggle with followers here, now the reason I struggle sometimes with trusting God, I didn't wonder, like I didn't have faith issues in terms of did God have it, okay? Just like there's times I could have went to my father, and I was like, I didn't question whether he had some money, I knew he did. I would go to God and I wouldn't question, could he do it? Well, I know he could do it because I read enough places in Scripture, he's done it, and I've seen people around me, the fact that he did it. The struggle I had was I didn't know if I could trust God that he would do it for me. I knew he would do it for others. Mm. But I wasn't quite sure because I, that wasn't my relationship with him. And I was like, Lord, well, how do I, you know, how do I know? How do I know you would do it for me? I and I realized even in that question I started having with him. And Lord, help me understand with a revelation one time. He said, man, you got to understand that trust. Mm. Trust is the result of not time just spent together. You can be around somebody a long time, don't mean you trust them. You just learn how to function around them. What the Lord showed me in that moment was like trust grows from the exchange of information. The more vulnerable and real and authentic the information, the relationship starts adjusting. I started realizing I could go on prayer walks with God and just tell him everything. My good and my bad, my struggles, and to be real about my struggles. 
And I was like, Lord, but I'm so ashamed of my struggle. And the Lord reminded me, in what, almost like in a humorous fashion, son, you do know I got a front row seat. There's nothing you're going through that I don't see. I've just been waiting for you to connect about it with me. And over time, that trust relationship just continued to grow. And not only that, he begins to reveal to me just who I am and what I have in me and, and what's going on with me. And it's just so beautiful, right? And here's my encouragement to everybody watching. I know you got some time on your hands now, probably a little more than you had before. And so instead of looking for escape, you don't need to have an escape. We don't have to escape this. God is a God of reality. We don't have to run around from it. He's not afraid of anything we're dealing with. But he's like, look, I want you to know what is in you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We don't have to just react to circumstances that are around us. We get to respond to them. Our whole function, how we live, is from the inside out, not the outside in. We don't just look at circumstance and go, oh, look what's going on. No, we get to influence circumstance, change circumstances based on our faith and our response. Why? Because the Spirit of God speaks to the Spirit in us. It reminds us that we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. And so my encouragement to you right now is getting your word, getting this one. Allow His word to just speak to your heart. Spend time with the Spirit of God. Pray in the Spirit. Lord, reveal to me your promises. Remind me that I can live by them. And lastly, I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Last verse here. Not 2 Corinthians, excuse me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to be reading verses 16 through 18. Oh, it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Because it's a reminder to us that keep in mind, y'all, when we read the Word of God, we are not reading the Word of God, going over the Word of God, in order to win. We don't confess the Word of God in order to win. We confess the Word of God because we already won. Jesus already took care of that on the cross. And when you start realizing what position we get to function from, it changes everything. So I want you to think of a specific issue you are dealing with right now. I don't allow the virus situation to blind you from another problem you had before the news started going crazy. Right? I want you to really think about something you're battling with, something you're dealing with. And I want you to look at that same circumstance through the filter of his word. Let's look at verse number 16. That is why we never give up. Oh, let me say it again. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet, they produce for us a glory that we vastly outweigh them and will last 
forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze. We fix our focus. We place our attention on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. This time next year, there will be another problem. Five years from now, there will be another problem. But the good news is there's something in you that will never change. You will not be moved. So what we need right now, every single one of us, is to give God the praise, is to worship him in spirit and truth now. Every writer of scripture here in this book, man, they were in very, I would argue, worse circumstances than we're describing right now. So we know it works. So if it can work for Paul, <laughs> if it can work for Timothy, and if Jesus says it, then we can count it as true. There's nothing more than God desiring to be believed. And so believers today, I ask you, I admonish you, I challenge you. Go spend some time with the Lord. Let him speak to your heart and watch how it resonates and impacts the people around you. The difference you're going to make is so significant, not just in your own family, but there are people watching you right now, asking the question, that is so peculiar. They're smiling. They're having impact. And they're not doing this by denying what's going on. You don't have to put your head in the sand. Just before you watch the news, dig into the good news. <laughs> Then you can move on to the other information. But the information changes when it's filtered through this. Don't let the devil play games with our heads and act like something's changed. He know he loses. And we know we win. Come on, church, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the encouragement this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding us just who we are, who you are in us, but also how we are to respond to every circumstance that takes place in our lives. Father, I am praying right now. Lord, I also pray as believers, allow us to be patient. Allow us to have some empathy. Lord, make sure that out of our mouths, we are not cursing the people who may be panicking. But Lord, let us show your love in dealing with everyone so we can draw them to you through love, not just through judgment. Lord, let us be selfless and not selfish in these times. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the whole church say, Amen.